For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good non-walkthrough Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac. That would be John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Good to see we've got the uh, comments back on our uh, StreamYard feed today. Uh, looking forward to hearing from some of you diehard Birds fans, some of you knuckleheads who check in too and uh, are a little off the wall. Uh, I, I at least like to see where you're going to go on a day in day out basis. We had streamyard issues off the wall. Yeah, couple sometimes. couple guys are a little off the wall, but I, I like that. Uh, appreciate their offbeat. Outlook. As long as they like it, like the show. I don't. Care. Right. Yeah, you can write whatever the hell you want and take yeah. pot shots at me or John or anybody else or any of the Eagles or coaches or players or whatever else. 
But make sure you like the show. That's that's a key. You, you got to at least give us our props, even if you vehemently disagree with something we say. And we'll do it again for the next three hours here on uh, Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac. Coordinator talk is the main topic around the Eagles these days, understandably so, because they got two major vacancies to fill with uh, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen both going out the door. And we found out yesterday they had already interviewed a couple more candidates, uh, Chris Shula from the Rams and uh, Jesse Minter from the University of Michigan, their defensive coordinator. So they've uh, interviewed three. They've got two more at a minimum that are coming in from the outside to interview, including Vance uh, Joseph today being virtually interviewed. And we talked about that play yesterday. By the way, that already started. That started yesterday. So they were a day behind. So uh, evidently Vance met with Nick Sirianni yesterday. Today is going to be Jeffrey Laurie, Howie Roseman. So the original report was uh, Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So now it's Tuesday, Wednesday. So okay. We'll so see. they're in, in that process already, <laughs> and they haven't met as far as the reports go. You tell me different again. If I got wrong, Deshaun Desai, um, someone they want to interview and want to talk with, uh, don't know if they've accomplished that just yet. Here's my first question of the day for you, John. Um, when both Sirianni and, and Gannon uh, walked out the door to become head coaches, uh, two immediate guys from the staff rose up the charts to become the top internal candidate, um, one on offense, one on defense. They've already talked to at least four guys on the defensive side, probably a fifth. Who knows? Even more. You don't know when you know they would like to get a hire done before the combine, which is the end of next week. So there's there's a quasi timetable on it. And as far as you've reported or any of your other good Eagle beat guys, they've interviewed exactly zero external candidates for the offensive coordinator position. If you're Denard Wilson, are you like get up in the morning and shrug and go, what the hell did I do wrong? Why, why did I have to bring in all these guys for a defensive coordinator position when they're just kind of twiddling their thumbs on the offensive side, getting ready to hand the job to somebody on the staff? Yeah. What's Denard Wilson saying to himself these days? Probably same thing you're saying. Probably, you know aware that he's not sort of as locked in as uh, uh, Brian Johnson is, as the offensive on the offensive side. I mean, there's not many other ways he can take it. Um, I know a lot, you know, you know, the immediate, and, and as I said, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it is the interpretation that, you know, not being sure on the internal candidate, which would in this case be Denard Wilson, you know, they'll tell you, you got to take advantage of this situation to pick people's brains. And, you know, it's a rare opportunity to hear about uh, schematic theories and all that. Well, you know, why aren't you doing that for the offense? Exactly. And maybe you can, they you are. can't tell that line of thinking yeah. if you're only doing it on one of the two sides of the ball when you have openings on both sides. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're asking, and, it, and all this is is opinion and speculation, obviously, because as I mentioned earlier in the week, this is sort of the last bastion, the unknown sort of mm -hmm. in the NFL world. And you don't know how guys are thinking really. Um, and in this case, it's Jeffrey and Howie and Nick. Um, it, it's pretty clear. And the first indication was, 
they were willing to pay Jonathan Gannon, you know, head coaching money to come back. Uh, that 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 tells me more than anything else that they were not sure of Denard Wilson or anybody else, whether it was Nick Rollis and Nick is gone now. Uh, they weren't they weren't as concrete with those guys as as you know Brian Johnson or even Kevin Petulo on the offensive side. That's what it tells me. Um, and and more than the interviews that 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 because remember that's coming off the Super Bowl where everybody's jumping off buildings and setting their hair on fire and that's the worst defensive coordinator in the history of the world and blah blah blah. And Jeffrey Lurie says, "Hey, I'll pay you to stay." Um, essentially as much as the Cardinals. I think that tells you all you need to know, to be honest. I I know where you're going with that. And pardon me if I'm the glass half empty guy. Again, if you're Shane Steichen, how do you feel? The, both are up for uh, coaching positions, head coaching positions elsewhere, interviewed for the uh, spot. Again, uh, Steichen ahead of the curve because he interviewed for the first time prior to the Super Bowl even being played. Gannon waited until after the Super Bowl for his first and I guess winning interview with the Cardinals because he got the gig shortly thereafter. Does Shane Sykin say to himself, wait a minute, why didn't you offer to pay me head coach money to stick around and stay as the offensive coordinator? You went to pretty good lengths to at least try and keep John. It was like, wave to me as I go out the door. Shane, good job. See you later. Good well, luck, bud. Nah. Glad we're not paying from, you. I think from Shane's perspective, you know, he's got bigger issues to worry about, number one. But number two – offensive versus defensive coach the head coach is an offensive guy so i mean it's his offense it's his scheme it's you know shane steichen's doing what 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 nick wants and as much as nick gets involved and he gets involved more than most coaches in you know the defensive side he'll admit that's not his expertise that was jonathan gannon's beat them that's how it works i mean when doug was here jim swartz hey check in once in a while and do what you need to do on the defensive side. So when you have an offensive head coach, the other side's more important and vice versa. If you had a defensive head coach, the offensive guy would be more important. That's sort of, that's sort of baked into the, the whole thing. So, you know, the Eagles have proven, you know, they, Jeffrey Jordan, the Jeffrey Laurie era, his first hire was a defensive guy. But ever since then, he's he's kind of readjusted himself and realigned himself and realized, you know, the best way to win the modern NFL. And he's not wrong. You, you got to worry about the offense first and foremost. And I said back in the day, I say it all the time, back in the day, good defense could beat good offense. Now it's the exact opposite. Good offense can good offense beats good defense. We saw it in the Super Bowl. Um, and I don't, to be honest, I don't think the fan base is caught up to that mentality. But whether it's Kansas City giving up, you know, 40 points or, or the Eagles getting smoked in the second half, you know, San Francisco getting smoked here. Good offense beats good defense now. So yeah, I, I agree with Jeff Laurie's mentality and, when you have an offensive setup as a head coach, the defensive coordinator is more important. Understood, because you're right. Sirianni is uh, the guy who, even if he's not calling plays, it's his offense. Uh, one thing you said, and and we've had a couple other guys say, I think on the show, at least one. Um, I, I, I think I'm on an island by myself. Uh, 
on this one. I actually think that Shane Steichen's in a better position than Jonathan Gannon. I, I think the Colts right now, where they fit, NFL, I think they're in a better position. And I know the Colts are going to be going with a rookie quarterback and the Cardinals are going with an established quarterback. But an established quarterback who is going to start the year hurt and is already making top flight money, whereas you're going to be, if you're Shane Steichen, you're going to be able to step into the same exact position you are here in uh, Philadelphia, a young quarterback on a rookie deal. Now, we got no idea if either uh, Young or Stroud are going to be the level of Jalen Hurts, but I I think I'd prefer to, to take my shot with that, roll my dice with that, than with Kyler already getting paid, usually gets hurt, is hurt, and he's a little bit of a flake. Kyler Murray mm-hmm. running my team. Plus, I think the Colts have some better defensive players already in place. So I actually think that Steichen's in a better spot than Gannon is right now. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument, especially if you get the quarterback right. But we got to know if you get the quarterback right. If you get the right quarterback, you're you're hundred percent right. But even even then, and I look at Trevor Lawrence. There's that you know. Already, I'm ten minutes in the show. I got two two Jim Sports references, startup costs. Like you're not getting a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence, and you still have startup costs with Trevor. Now he's, I think he's headed in in a great direction. Uh, took a big step forward, but even last year as a playoff team, you know, he struggled at times. All young quarterbacks struggle at times. Uh, so you have those stored up startup costs. How quickly, you know, that's the amazing thing about Jalen Hurts. Forget about first round versus second round. Um, you know, even his first year as a starter, which he was pretty good. I mean, Pro Bowl alternate, certainly not terrible. I know a lot of people criticized him, but it was pretty solid. Um, his first year as a starter, and then he took the big leap. Um, a lot of that has to do with the offensive line, the skill position, all that kind of stuff, the coaching, Jalen's work ethic. Point is, man, and and from both their situations, look, you got wacky owners. I mean, that doesn't help. Right. Go oh, from Jeffrey I, Lord I, I don't to, think either one of them are in good yeah. spot as far as ownership yeah. goes, but yeah. I don't know what I I would rate one wackier than the other. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're you know from that standpoint, they're not going to get as much help as they got here as coordinators. Um, yeah, a lot of things come into it, but I, I understand what you're saying in the quarterback. If if you get the quarterback right, and if he starts playing well on his rookie deal, you have that little window. But as you mentioned, and you were right yesterday on the show, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tom Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, make a lot of money, make a lot of money, make a lot of money. It's it, as as much as it hurts to think about it in this time of the year when the Eagles are going to sign Jalen Hurts to an extension, whatever it is, and you're going to go, there's going to be a bunch of hand wringing, and I don't know why because it's not anybody's. It's not my money. It's not your money. It's not the fans' money. Let Jeffrey worry about that. He's going to pay him. It's better to have the established guy than the cross your fingers guy. And I think that's what Jonathan Gannon said. Basically, you know, he loves Philadelphia. His wife's from Philadelphia. For those who don't know, she's a Temple gal. All all that kind of stuff. It's one of the reasons he came here in the first place, um, even though he got all the criticism. Um, she loved it here. She wanted to be here. Um, 
and that's always a big thing. I think people don't put real life circumstances into these things. And especially in such a nomadic profession. Uh, but so his wife is very happy being here. Um, all things being equal, you know, if he had the fifth pick in the draft versus whatever, what is India fourth, whatever it fourth, is, yeah. fourth or fifth, fourth versus an established quarterback, maybe he thinks about it more. I don't know. Maybe he says, you know what? I'll, I'll stay here and get paid like a head coach. Cause I don't have a quarterback. I, I, I always prefer certainty rather than uncertainty. And you can say what you want about Kyler Murray. You're ignoring his first three seasons. If you just focus on last season, because he was pretty stinking good. Now I'm concerned like everybody else, when you got to put in clauses to his contract about studying and all that kind of stuff, but the skill set, it's pretty good. And yeah, I would say pretty good. Not not top level, and he's already being paid top level. And that is one of the unfortunate realities of the NFL. You're right about, I don't care about Bidwell's money or Ursay's money or Jeff Flory's money. That's their money. It's not my money, so I can get past that really quickly. But it's a cap world in which you live. You do have to be able to pay a quarterback and then field a very good team at all your other positions. He goes, lucky to have a good guy who does a great job with the cap like Howie Roseman, uh, brand-new general manager out there in uh, uh, Arizona, who we have no idea how good he will be at balancing a cap. Um, so that is t- uh, to be determined. Um, I made the point yesterday about the last three Super Bowl winners being, quote-unquote, veteran quarterbacks making top of the money. More so to uh, argue against those who say the trend in the NFL will be Take your quarterback, keep him five years, and then churn. Turn it over. Get your next rookie quarterback. Don't even bother. Not realistic. I say that. I think about it, Jody. It's not realistic, though. It is. It's not realistic because even if you hit once, you're not going to hit it again and again and again and again. We see, I mean, we see the development of quarterbacks and. I call it the college mentality, just reload and you're, you're able to build up around them better. You are able to build up around them better, but if the quarterback can't play, the quarterback can't play. I mean, and, and the thing, Oh, to use Jalen hurts as an example, we're going to draft the next Jalen hurts. Well, good luck with that. You know, good luck with that. Uh, And you see the quarterbacks drafted in front of them. You see all the quarterbacks, you know, Part of it is organization again. Part of it is coaching. Part of it is own his own work ethic and all that kind of stuff. You can't duplicate that. You can't replicate that. And that's why you're going to pay him forty eight fifty million dollars average annual value. Exactly. Can't do it. Uh, you can you can have it in theory in philosophy. It's a potential way to go that makes sense. But then you actually have to pick the guys that have to become as good a player as the one you're letting walk out the door. Good luck. That that doesn't happen. Off maybe once every blue moon in the NFL, it isn't going to be just standard operating procedure. So that's why I made that point yesterday about the veteran guys. All right, one quick note before we get Mike Gill up, our buddy from down the shore, 97.3, uh, the Sports Bash ESPN Radio, is going to jump in with us. Uh, right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel yesterday, there was another hat thrown into the ring for Eagles defensive coordinator. Our very own Seth Joyner said, if chosen, I will serve ready to become the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. He said it on the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. 
you don't think there's any chance of that happening, do you, Johnny May? Uh, no, I don't. And I love Seth, and I'm on with Seth all the time on the post-game show, the pre-game show. Um, yeah, no, I mean, no. I don't, you know, I don't want to... It, it It's one of those things where, you know, Seth has been out of the game a long time. He hasn't gotten into the coaching ranks. It's sort of like Mike Schmidt in baseball back in the day where he wanted to become the Phillies manager. And I've talked about it and with Josh McCown, and I do think there's sort of a closed-mindedness to, you know, when Josh was in the mix to be uh, Houston's head coach, everyone would say, he's got no experience. He's got no experience. I'm like, well, except the 20 years he played and every offensive scheme under the sun, and everybody talks about how smart he is. And now after that, he's finally gone into coaching, um, and and he'll probably be a head coach in a couple of years because he's finally stuck his – uh, toe in the pool um, and now people can't throw that at sort of ownership that don't show the courage of their own convictions but you know Seth's been out of it a long time and he hasn't gotten into it and no they're not going to consider something like that and the second thing I love Seth but it's a different game it's a different game and he said on the show and I saw the clip it's not as different as people think it is. It's really different, actually. It's different to the point that I don't like it. Seth and I are on the same page. I don't like it, to be honest. But it's the reality, and it's not changing because of the safety rules, uh, the the offense they want to to amplify. They make things easier. It is a completely, completely, completely different game. I can't say that enough from when Seth played. And if you're going to show up and, you know, do Jim Johnson things, well, you, A, you're going to be in trouble. B, from a standpoint of you're going to get a lot of flags, number one. And, you know, even from the way the game has evolved, from a schematic standpoint, you're going to be in a lot of trouble when you're facing certain quarterbacks who know how to handle the blitz. So. And shoot, I brought up Seth names before before Birds 365 ever started the last however many years on WIP, wondering if Seth had any interest in becoming a coach. Uh, your Mike Schmidt reference, I think, is on point. It, the the coordinator position is a pretty big job. Shoot, the Eagles just offered Jonathan Gannon head coaching money to stick around and be their defensive coordinator. Uh, so that's something you, you don't and, just step and, in and tone, take. Uh, tone. Uh, chimed in and said he, he he would come in as the linebackers coach to make it more realistic. Um, you know, I, he could probably teach people how to play linebacker, uh, you know, in, in that more, uh, because that's about technique and fundamentals and, um, you know, but, it, you know, he, I think he's been out of it too long for anyone to say, uh, we're going to make him a position coach, uh, but that's it. And and, and he, and the other part is Jody, you know, and God bless Seth because, you know, he does a great job on, on all the platforms, you know, he's too vocal about it. You know, they don't want, they don't want that. They don't want those waves. Agreed. And the, the other thing, and I, I'm not talk, just talking about the Eagles here. I'm talking about the NFL. This is a very broad brush stroke statement. So, if you got to hit me up, oh, not there, yeah, but not here. Not, I, I'm not saying every situation, every single team, just in general, 
the linebacker is almost becoming a, an extinct animal in yeah, the National Yeah, that hurts too. Certainly the way Seth played it, it's not played like that in the NFL anymore. It's just not. And not just not here in Philadelphia, not across the National Football League. And I know Nick Rallis just got the uh, defense coordinator position in Arizona, so Jonathan Gannon at least appreciates the personality. I don't know that the linebacker coach is a stepping stone position to become a defensive coordinator because linebackers are becoming damn well extinct around the yeah. national. Yeah, I think League. you know if Seth walked into the locker room tomorrow and saw Nickobe Dean, I'd go. I think he'd say, "You're a linebacker because uh, yeah. you're not a big guy." Uh, it's a, it's a completely completely different game. He's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mecca Mac here on Birds 365. Plenty of bird conversation. You're coming away. We need a third voice. We've got a good one at that to join us. Our pal Mike Gill from down the shore on 97.3 ESPN. The Sports Bash jumping in as usual Wednesday spot here with us on Birds fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name's Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
Appreciate you joining us here on Birch 365, a non-walkthrough Wednesday. No walkthroughs for months and months and months and months. And somehow we'll get through it with help from guys like Mike Gill, who's good enough to hop on board with us today. In case you didn't see it, he's got a Yale t-shirt on, which he must have got at a garage sale somewhere because he didn't get it at the student store. I can guarantee you that, like me wearing a Harvard shirt. <laughs> yeah, just not happening. Uh, Mr. Gill, we haven't talked to you since the Super Bowl. How big a letdown was that for you? A guy who said, well, the Eagles are the better team prior to the game being played. Didn't quite work out that way on that Sunday. No, and I did get it at the student store. I happened to just walk yeah. the campus. I thought it was an honorary degree. I thought that. I have it. a T-shirt from every campus I've ever visited. So oh, I really, yeah, go. yeah, I've got all cool. the. I must have twenty-five different shirts that say some college on it. People, did you go there? I visited once. I actually visited Yale twice. I've been there twice. You got to go to New Haven to get the pizza, man. The pizza. Oh, I've, I've had New Haven. I'm an ESPN guy, so I've had yes. New Haven pizza. Yeah. Um, wow. I was extremely disappointed, Jody. I mean, I thought the Eagles were clearly the better team. I think we actually kind of saw that they probably were the better team. Uh, in the first half, they kind of dominated that game. And what happened? They did something they hadn't done all year. They turned the ball over. That turnover was just deflating. And I thought it really was the play that changed that game. Um, I don't know if you guys, you know, Sipos was on the radio in Australia yesterday. Yeah, we that saw punt. That punt, I thought, was another huge – you know, everybody is focused on Gannon in the defense. I could come up with like six things that happened before I'm pissed off about the defense in that game. I just thought the Eagles were the better team, and the fact that they are walking around today, the second-best team, still a week later, a week and a half later, I'm looking around saying, how did that happen? How did they lose that game? Let me – let me push back a little bit on the Jalen fumble because I've gotten into social media back and forth with people because I said on my Twitter that Patrick Mahomes is the man in the NFL, but he was the second best quarterback on the field on Super Bowl Sunday. The Eagles scored 10 points immediately after Jalen Hurts put the ball on the ground and were up by yeah, 10 points. I agree half. with that. You know, I when that game was at halftime, Mike and fumble and all. I think people look at the final score and say they go back revisionist and say fumble, fumble, fumble. If they didn't fumble, they win the game. They they handled that very well to the point at halftime. I thought I I thought they were winning the game. I said, well, they're the better team. I Kansas City's in trouble. Yeah, uh, that's well, what I thought at halftime. I, I agree with what you're saying. They answered the bell, but if they go down and score there and they're up twenty four to seven at half instead of it being a 10 Oh, yeah, then game. the game's over. The game is really and, – and Kansas City had to be perfect in the second half. That's what the defense is predicated on. We talk about it a lot. The defense is you're not going to go on 10-play, 12-play, 9-play drives multiple times in one game. If you do, it's because you were perfect, meaning we didn't get a sack. We didn't get a fumble. We didn't get an interception. You didn't go off sides. There wasn't some sort of penalty to stall your drive. They had no penalties, no sack, no fumble, no interception. They had three play, yeah. three drives of nine plays or more. So but, if you're up twenty-four to seven, you would think that's another possession they have to be perfect on. Doesn't yeah. that make the Kansas City Chiefs the better team? If they were perfect, 
Doesn't yeah. that make them the better team? On that day, Jody, yes. I'm not going to push back on that day. If those two teams play 10 times, I think Philadelphia probably wins seven. But I, I hate to bring this up, but everybody seems to be finding ways to kind of bring it back. Sipos brought it up. I don't know. TJ Edwards was on the radio the other day. He brought it up. The Eagles are handling this with class, and they are saying all the right things. But now that we're getting further and further away and the players are getting more chances to talk about this, that field was an abomination, a disgrace. And let's put it this way. If Dallas played whoever in the Super Bowl, we should all be complaining about that field and the league should have to speak about what the hell happened that that field was in such a disgrace of a condition that it's still being brought up. I mean, T.J. Edwards yeah, called but, but, the other night. He said the field was hard. I mean, it was tough for both. He wanted to say how bad that field was, but it was almost like his subconscious took over. Well, because – and it should. And, and from this perspective, Mike, look, the field was a disgrace. Everyone's on board with that. But both teams played on it. Both teams played on, and there was an instance, and it was the Kadarius uh, Tony touchdown, uh, where Travis Kelsey was mic'd up, and he was communicating with Tony and saying, "You know, under control, under control," because he knew it was an yeah. ice rink out there, and and that was an indication to me of, well, the Chiefs handled it better. Oh, the listen, Chiefs handled this it. This isn't a the Eagles lost the game because of the field conditions. It's as Fans, we got robbed of what was should have been a game that was not talked about the field. I don't care if it's the Eagles playing in this game. If Dallas is in that game, I would be complaining that we as fans deserve better than the field being discussed in a Super Bowl is disgraceful. Well, that yeah, part the, I agree the with. The NFL passed the, uh, passed the buck on that one. It wasn't their fault. It was uh, Rihanna's fault. Uh, for all the practice runs she had, that that's what took the toll on the field. You know, when in doubt, blame the halftime act. Yeah, nice yeah. job, Roger Goodell. Well, and guess what? Next year, the field same is the same. Field. The same, same field. field next yeah. year. They better figure it out because if Philadelphia is not in that game, I'm still ticked off that I had to watch a game that the player. I mean, Sipos essentially said that he punted the ball and turned his ankle when he when he planted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I look. I if if. If, you know, magically Kansas City, uh, they flipped the switch and they put a better field up and put it down, then I would give more credence to that. Bottom line is they played on the same shitty field, Mike. Yeah. Well, they were able to play a perfect second half, essentially. Absolutely. And and we know the Eagles generally what the, 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 we talked about it last week. In 52, they got the play. Their defense didn't play well, yes. but they That's got to the me. play. And in when I go back to the they jail, never got the play. And you're wondering if that play would have been there had the conditions been a little better. When I go back to the Jalen Hurts play, I'm not saying it's not a big play. Anytime you give up a defensive touchdown, it's a huge play. But to Jody's point, they recovered well. And and to your point, your earlier point, Mike, about Jonathan Gannon and everybody's, you know, defaults to him. I got I got to go to six or seven things before I bring up Jalen's touchdown. And the bottom line is, um, fumble. Jalen's fumble that turned into a touchdown. Bottom line is, what you said about Super Bowl Fifty Two, and I've said it on your show. They needed one play. 
Yeah. One play defensively. Right. They it's, got not it. that, it's not they that John gave up Gannon. 500 yards in Super Bowl 52, but they got the one play. Right. It's not that John Gannon is not good enough to win that game. He clearly can win that. If you're in that game, you can win that, can game. Win that game on that day. And this is part of the thing. You know, you can't replicate practicing against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, you get the bullets flying at you at real time, and you have to figure it out. He said it. Look, on that day, Andy Reid's smarter than me. I'm not going to be smart. But how do you learn how to get smarter? You have to face that guy. And the first time you face him, or the second time, this is the second time they faced him, you're like, man, they're doing this, this, and this, and I haven't seen stuff like this before. How do you learn from experience? The guy is a young coordinator who needs to learn. We're not saying he's perfect, but obviously he has a lot to learn, and we saw it on display in that game. Now, the one play, as they talked about, Peter King's article, the Chiefs lined up wrong. So yeah. you wouldn't have seen that formation because it didn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot out there. But I'll tell you what, this search is interesting because it's showing you, and as uh, Jody, I think you mentioned right before I was coming on, they offered Gannon – more money to stay here. That's how much they valued him because they know that this is a smart guy who was learning on the job but had a number two ranked defense while he was learning on the job number here. And now they're scrambling around thinking, are we going to bring a college coach in here? Do we stay in-house? we bring a veteran guy? I, it, it seems that they are not prepared for well, – they weren't prepared for Gannon walking out the door. Yeah, not as prepared, but I think a lot of that has to do with Nick Sirianni being an offensive head coach. So, you know, as good as Shane Steichen was, and I think Shane Steichen was great, I think they're taking a hit on the offensive side as well. I think people are underestimating that. He is a great play caller, great. Got a great feel for it. Um, Maybe Brian Johnson's great, but. I don't like that odds. I don't like those odds. So I think they're going to miss Shane Steichen as well. But as far as Jonathan Gannon, um, and you're right. I think Jody asked me that before you came on, and I, I about all the names and what they're looking at and what it means. And before I even get to that, I circle back to the willingness of Jeffrey Lurie to go where he wanted to go to keep Jonathan Gannon. That tells me more than anything else. And that's after the Super Bowl, where he just saw his own team's defense collapse. But again, there's so many narratives. The the Andy Reid one is great because, look, we all know Andy's one of the best coaches who's ever lived. I think we could all agree with that. We can all stipulate. And the assumption is, well, he just embarrassed Jonathan Gannon. He just out-schemed him. And then they happen to have Patrick Mahomes mic'd up on the Sky Moore touchdown. And... It's the Chiefs that are the Keystone Cops on the play before the Eagles turned into the Keystone Cops. They're not lined up correctly. They're going, what the hell are we doing? You know, but the narrative before that is, oh, he completely, completely out-schemed Jonathan Gannon. It's interesting, and I think all these intricacies, but the bottom line is Jeffrey Lurie said, you know what? This guy's really good. I'm willing to pay him like a head coach to keep him. Why do people not believe that? That's a good question. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. You know, people thought that Howie Roseman, like, hey, Arizona, will you take this guy? Get him on here. I'm cracking up at that one. Look, fans act like one game is make and break your resume. 
Yeah. John Gannon's resume suggests that he got these interviews. It, they're not going to look at your resume and say, well, that one game was really bad. No. When you play a 17 One half, game, by the way. One half of one. Right. Game. When you play a 17-game season, you're not playing Patrick Mahomes every single week. These teams are saying, can you get me to the dance? And if we get one game on one day, we have a shot to win that game. But you got to get there. He had the number two deep. I ask this question a lot. If you didn't like the Eagles' defense this year, whose defense did you like? Oh, yeah. by the way, yeah, for those who don't believe that the Eagles went to whatever lengths they had to, to try and keep John Gannon, because neither Jeff Lurie or Howie Roseman has said yet, oh, yeah, we offered him uh, head coach money to stick around. Howie is on record as saying, and John, you'll tell me the first time he said this, oh, we know we're renting Jonathan Gannon. Oh, my God. Like, I think, of, you know, two months after he was here. Right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he's consistently said that. He's consistently known that, um, and it turned out to be true, obviously. But yeah, they have well, tremendous. It was a two-year rental. It wasn't a bad rental. Yeah. It wasn't and like they had to bring it back to the shop a week later. It's a damn good rental of Jonathan yeah. Gannon for yeah. the Eagles. And guys, this is you know when Andy started to get his staff poached is when Andy started to have some troubles because when you start to take your coaches who you feel comfortable with and you feel like, hey, I can give that guy play calling duties. I don't have to stand over him. That's really the sign of how the coach keeps this thing together. And Andy, when they started to take, you know, Harbaugh and Shermer and Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott and guys started to go, you have to replace all these guys and you have to build a new rapport and Jason Avant was on with me at the Super Bowl, and he played for Andy in 06 when he was in Philly. And he said, Andy wasn't even coaching. He was more worried about the front office duties, and he wasn't coaching barely at all. He was letting his assistants, and that's when Andy was struggling. We were like, what's going on here? And then he went to Kansas City and played for Andy again. And he said, my God, what a different guy. How detailed and creative – he had that zest for coaching again because he's back with the staff of guys that he wanted to be with and that brought him out of it. And, you know, it shows that, like, you could put stuff on guys that you might not know and just be like, hey, you handle the defense. But you have to trust that guy. You have to be trusting of your staff. And now Nick's going to have to find a whole new group of guys that he's going to have to figure out whether he trusts them or not. He had that trust with this group. Now you got to try to find it again. And I think that's probably the biggest thing of this whole offseason is can Nick Sirianni find guys that he trusts? Now that's why you would say, why not just hire in-house and just, you know, go with those guys. The fact that they might have to go outside the building to bring a guy in here shows you that maybe they're not sure. Now if Denard Wilson ends up getting that job, maybe that trust is right back and it all kind of goes. But the Eagles went through this before where they had success and lost coaches and that didn't go so well for a while. No, Andy and Doug Peterson, obviously, um, you know, with Frank Reich and, and John DiPolippo more recently. Um, and then, you know, you have sort of the disconnect that built because I, you know, I wrote about this that this week. I got some pushback from the Eagles. They don't like that sentiment, that mentality, that belief that Howie Roseman is running the show um, and just telling coaches who they're going to hire and to be fair they don't do that Howie doesn't do that he 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 brings he gathers names uh and he brings them to the head coach and the head coach interviews him 
and then the head coach makes a decision. But he definitely steers them in a certain direction. And by the way, he's done a good job with it, just like everything else. Um, Howie's the one who found Brian Johnson, uh, not Nick Sirianni. Howie's the one who found Jamal Singleton, not Nick Sirianni. But, you know, it wasn't like you have to hire this guy. He said, this guy's a really, in, in the case of Brian Johnson, this guy's a really good young coach. Talk to him. Then Nick talked to him. Nick liked him. Nick hired him. That's sort of how it works. Now, the problem with, with Doug Peterson was I think Jeffrey gets a little antsy when the expectations aren't reached. So if you go back to Super Bowl 52, you win the, you win the title. They decree the new normal. Uh, everybody remembers that. Well, it was more difficult than they assumed. And all of a sudden, still playoffs, you know, but they even win a game with the double doink. Then they lose to New Orleans. Then they lose to Seattle the next year, still making the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, Doug gets loyal to his guys, um, whether it's Mike Rowe, uh, Press Taylor, Carson Walsh. Now, the ironic thing, Press Taylor's the best example of this. The ironic thing was Press Taylor came into this organization under Chip Kelly. All you heard about Press Taylor from the Eagles, not Doug Peterson, from the Eagles, uh, this kid's a great young coach. He mined the Philly special, by the way. Press Taylor found it on a meaningless Chicago Bears-Minnesota Vikings two-point conversion. The Bears converted it using the Philly special. So it's really the Chicago special. And to be honest, many college teams, high school teams used it before the Bears. That's how sort of the NFL works. But he was this boy genius. And all of a sudden, because the expectations weren't met, he turned into an idiot overnight. Well, we can't keep Press Taylor. We can't keep Press Taylor. And now good for Press. He's an offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, and they're a playoff team, and Doug is at least being proved correctly in the short term. My larger point here, Mike, and Jody chime in as well, why, why do people uh, have to have – it's either Nick's got autonomy or Howie's got autonomy – why? Why do they are so headstrong about that? It's not the case. I'm telling you, it's not the what, case. What did Gannon say on his way out the door that, you know, Andy's smarter than me. I'm not going to deny that, but I'll take something from Andy that seven brains are better than one, yeah. right? It's it's a little bit of a voice here and there. It's, you know, a collaboration, and then somebody has to make the ultimate decision. But, you know, ultimately, it's not one guy sitting in a room Mad science is putting this whole thing together. I think people it's, think that, though. It's an organizational collaboration. They all come together. Um, we do it on every level. There's people in the chat. There's people watching that probably coach a Little League baseball team. And you sit in a room with the other two dads and you say, all right, how are we going to figure out how to tell Joey's parent that he's not going to play all that much? Well, we'll put him on Joe's pizza and we'll take him so that he gets more. That's a collaboration of how you put a roster together, even at the highest level, it's a lot more meticulous and there's a lot more going on and the boardroom's a lot nicer, but there's multiple people who sit in a room and put an NFL roster together. That's the way it works. 
John, I'll, I'll agree with your point on one end and I'll disagree with it on the other. Um, and the best example is the one we brought up earlier about Jamal Singleton. You said how he found him. He was their ninth choice. The coaches got to great lengths to point that out through this entire process. They interviewed and they interviewed and they interviewed. And they just kept interviewing. And then they interviewed Singleton. They go, oh, here's our running back coach. Well, well I'll say that. Took him eight swings and misses well, before they got on to that him. though. So well, I think I think for that. I think Nick was exaggerating. My only point is you do. You think he was exaggerating that they didn't interview? Yeah, nine they didn't guys. get the nine. But, well, listen. But, in any field of why work, would he do that? Why would he? Why would he? Uh, just off the cuff. Well, uh, even if he I, doesn't, I just though, mean the actual number. In, even if he doesn't, though, in any field of work, if you're the eighth guy, doesn't mean you're the eighth most talented it means you were the eighth guy you know like i could walk into a radio station in another market and be way more talented than someone they just haven't found me they don't know me they haven't heard me that doesn't mean someone working somewhere is better than i am or better than anybody else it's just that they might not know who certain talent is the eighth guy could be more talented than your first choice you just didn't know the eighth guy existed until later so we found many situations where the you know we talk about coaching and who's getting opportunities and who's not it's who you know who's in your pipeline we always soon as a coach leaves well who did he coach before who did he coach with you feel comfortable with certain people because you know them you're much more apt to say i know that guy i know he's a good guy i know what he's doing that doesn't mean he's the most talented guy so there are guys who are more talented they're getting passed over, but I just don't know you. I don't know your personality. Are you going to fit in with my group of guys? Are we going to be able to sit at the table and talk about the same things? These are things that you just don't know. So there are more talented people that you might not talk to. You are talking to the pool of people. Now, some people do go outside their bubble and find people that they don't know. Hey, you were recommended by someone. I want to talk to you. So be like, Nick Sirianni's not the first choice. Doug Peterson wasn't the first choice. They tried to get other people in there. They finally decided, okay, we'll take Doug. Hey, look, Doug turns out to be better than your first option, your second option, your third option. But you didn't know that at the time. Yeah, and and to Jody's point, what I meant by how we found Jamal Singleton, look, Nick doesn't have time to cull through all that. Howie's got a whole staff. Um, He doesn't have, like Chris Shula, he has a relationship with Chris Shula. So, you know, it's it's common sense to say, well, Nick already knows the guy. Uh, Nick, Nick wants to talk to him about the job because he knows him. In the case of Jamal Singleton, there's no previous relationship. He doesn't he didn't know him. So that's where the staff, and I I, you know, I shouldn't even say Howie, Howie and his staff put together a list and they have these names and say, you know, this guy's good, you know, maybe take a look at him. And then Nick takes a look at Jamal Singleton and interviews him. And that's where he hit the home run. And Nick said, yeah, this is my guy. Slam the podium. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, that's that's how we in the personnel department job to come up with names when you don't have a guy. Like if Tommy Reese, Nick loves Tommy Reese, loves him. And every year he says, do you want to come to the NFL? Do you want to come to the NFL? They coach together with the Chargers. Uh, to this point, Tommy is not. Now he's in Alabama. Um, and and he'll probably be in the NFL at some point. Um, 
he's got guys like that. Shane Steichen was one of them. Kevin Petullo. He's extremely close to Kevin Petullo. But there are other guys, you know, the holdovers, Jeff Stoutland. You know, Howie's like, well, you don't know Jeff Stoutland, but trust me on this one. You want to keep Jeff Stoutland. Worked out pretty well. Uh, um, so that part of it is it's sort of a mix and match. Nobody's saying you got to hire this guy. Nobody. The only time that happens, and it, it happens more on the other end, when it's you got to fire this guy. And that's when Jeffrey Lurie needs a scapegoat and the expectations haven't met. There will be times when we'll say, nope, we can't go that direction. And that's what happened with Doug Peterson. Agreed and understood, but I will just say this, since we brought him up earlier. I, I remember having uh, Jeff Laurie on our show on WIP way back when, when he just became the owner of the Eagles, and he was making his second coaching hire, and he said, Andy Reid blew us away when he came in. had never been even a coordinator. was a positional coach, and he came in and had the slew of binders with information on the guys he wanted to hire for his first coaching staff. Had never even been a coordinator, and Andy already knew exactly who he wanted for his entire coaching staff before he ever got the job. Well, the Nick Sirianni should be able to do the same thing. If your Nick doesn't have time to be able to go out and think about coaches from other teams. Oh, Andy Reid did, and he came prepared, and that's yeah, why he became but, the head coach well, of the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a big – well, number one, there, there's a big difference in the time because at the time, Jeffrey was a very uh, young owner. Uh, at least, you know, from a standpoint of experience. Um, Andy, again, look at his first staff. Andy had been doing that for years and years and years. So that's your first staff. Um, and and Andy had been on that, even though nobody else was on the Andy radar. Andy had put together, everybody has coaching notebooks, um, assistant coaches who have ambition, and that's most of them. They have coaching notebooks. I just mentioned there are certain guys Nick has, Tommy Reese, guys he did bring here, um, the, the Steikens of the world, the Petulos of the world. Um, he had core guys he wanted to take. Sometimes you can't take guys, you know. As Andy, Andy Reeds was the first one to say, go build your own step. Don't take my guys. Um, you know, so there's a lot of guys you have relationships with you can't get for whatever reason, timing. Nick wanted to keep Jim Bob Cooter last year. Couldn't do it. Didn't have a position. Um, you know, Kevin was still here. Kevin Petula was still here. Shane Steichen. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. My point is he, he didn't, he couldn't get the whole staff together. So when you don't have a guy, when you don't have a ready-made guy, and that could be not because you don't have one, Jody, because you can't get somebody because he's under contract. If it's a lateral move, it's not a coordinator move. Maybe you can't get them. And then you got to go, well, we got to look for somebody else. And that's where the Brian Johnsons, the Jamal Singletons come in the world. And that's the personnel department. They well, got, it, they already have a mind, list. They have a line. When, when you talk about Andy, Jody, that was Jeff Lurie's what? Second year as an owner. Well, here we are 23 years later, he's made many more connections and now has a much better understanding of who's, who are some – and like the Eagles. Other teams know we can go to the Eagles because they generally give us people that are well-trained, well, very good at their job. So 
like every like Gannon. We said he's only been a coordinator for two years. He hasn't seen all the bullets flying at him. Ten years from now as a coordinator, okay, maybe he sees okay. Patrick Mahomes, I've seen him three, four, five, six times now. I'm much more prepared for what Andy and Patrick are going to throw at me. Uh, same thing with with Jeffrey Lurie in these coaching searches. And by the way, Jeffrey Lurie and this regime have done a really good job of <laughs> uncovering coaches that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, Andy Reid, not the second year of Jeff Lurie's ownership. No, second. Not coach. even the second coach of Jeff Lurie's ownership. Yeah. He inherited Coach Tide. He hired Ray Rhodes, and then he finally got Andy Reid. So he's a little bit more experienced. Second hire. Right. Second, second hire. hire. Second right. hire. Right. Um, yeah. he was here with Cotite. Well, was, he was here. He inherited him. He inherited Cotite, yeah. But and then, so uh, five, whatever it was, was 94, Rhodes, 95. Andy five, five, but he was still a young owner. Yeah. He didn't have a ton of experience. All right, Mike, uh, last thing. I asked John this yesterday. We know the upsides and the downsides. Push comes to shove uh, when we get closer to free agency. They got to make a call on this within the next uh, franchise tag is two weeks. Right, John? The window opened up two days window ago. window opened up yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was. Um, and and yeah. it stays open for two weeks to make the decision uh, if, as to whether you're going to slap a franchise tag on a guy. You think they're going to go there with C.J. Gardner-Johnson? The safety position is one of the less expensive ones because they're all broken down by position. The running back franchise, the quarterback franchise tag, the defensive end franchise tag. Safety is still, relatively speaking, as compared to all the other positions, not a bad price at $14 million and change. But then you're locked into that uh, the number. There's no spreading it out. There's no phony years on the back end that you can uh, relieve your cap hit for the upcoming season. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson worth $14 million against the cap next year? He's an interesting one because he is versatile. I mean, they use him at slot corner, but he generally was a safety. He led the league in interceptions, but now you're getting a new coordinator. What does the new coordinator want to do with that position? Knowing the organizational philosophy, you would think that Hargrave may be a candidate just because they value the interior line so much. Do they want to lose Hargrave and Fletcher Cox? Are they ready to go to Jordan Davis full time and Milton Williams and you know and maybe draft someone. So I wouldn't be shocked if Hargrave was a pos just because of the way they build on the lines. Um, I know we we heard CJ Gardner Johnson's name and I like him a lot and I figure, but I would think that the organizational philosophy is always the line, regardless of who the coordinator is. The coordinator would have to come in, baby, and say, look, the safety position for me, that guy is so valuable. I need that guy here. But then you would think that would have to be a hire within the next week or so, right? Is there a timeline on when they want that coordinator here? So they're in a weird spot. (laughs) You probably want them in place for the combine. so Right. But we'll see if they get that done. March 7th is the deadline uh, for the franchise tag. If the Eagles do use it, it would be strictly a strategic use of it. Yeah. They do not want anybody playing under the franchise tag. They never do. It doesn't make sense from a salary cap standpoint. And even more so this year because they're probably going to get the Jalen Hurts extension done. You don't want big hits on your cap uh, for one year. You want to use those voidable years, which have been the Howie Roseman Jake Rosenberg trick and everybody copies the Eagles and that's why they do what they do. 
They would be the two guys. Oh, I guess Bradbury. Now, the interesting thing will be, I, I had a guy the other night insistent with me that who the hell would ever want to play for John Gannon after what happened in the Super Bowl? This is uh, what fans think uh, about. I said, because uh, Gannon now, you would imagine, much like when Buddy went to Arizona. What did he do? He took guys with him. Uh, Bradbury, Hargrave. Bradbury, TJ. TJ uh, Edwards. Uh, you would imagine that Gannon's uh, going to target some of the guys. And by the way, I told the guy, oh, yeah. I would hate to play for a coordinator who allowed me to have my career best year. Yeah. He had four guys have career high sacks. One guy, I, by the way, you know, I went through Vic Fangio's career 20, uh, 19 years as a coordinator. Uh, whatever, how many years did he have as a head coach? Two or three? Three. Uh, three years as a head coach. Never had the number two defense in the NFL, never got that high. Number three was the size he got. Right. I, I, you know, Brandon Graham has been in the league for his whole career in Philadelphia. He had his best season ever. That Double I don't agree sacks. with. He had his most sacks. All right. Uh, well, but, you know the fans love sacks. Yeah. He had the most sacks he ever had this yeah. year. Jody won yeah. sacks. Hassan Reddick has been in three different defenses. Yeah, Arizona, 11 sacks. Josh Sweat had a career year. Sacks. year. He plays for Bradford. John Cannon. And he has 19 sacks. You don't think these guys enjoy playing in this defense for John Gannon? You guys are out of your minds. Yeah. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave, James Bradbury, TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, every single one of those players had their best season under the worst defense coordinator in the history of mankind. At least according to some Eagles fans. Who the Eagles were ready to pay head coach money yes. to stick around and be the defensive coordinator yes. for. M. Gill, good job as always, buddy. We will uh, be punching you up again next Wednesday. Thanks for jumping on when you do. Uh, we'll keep it going. At Mike Gill Show, by the way. Follow Mike on Twitter, the Sports Bash. I'll be on today, I think. Uh, drive time, ESPN South Jersey. What, what college shirt will you be wearing next week, Mr. Gill? I've got Princeton, Vanderbilt, um, Syracuse. I've visited a lot of different universities. I did play-by-play for a while, so I've been all over the place. Yeah. See, you're, you're, How many with, West Virginia shirts do you have? Oh, I probably have 30. 30. With, without the green screen, you can go orange for us next week. We couldn't wear orange in front of our green screen. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, you can go whatever color. We got some blue. orange behind you, buddy. You might That might actually not mesh, so uh, all right, maybe not Syracuse. Uh, Gil, always a pleasure. Thanks, bud. All right, boys, see ya. That Thanks, is Mike man. Gill from the Sports Bash down the shore, 97.3 ESPN Radio. All right, McDonald and McMullen, we got an hour in the books. That means we got an hour left to play. Uh, coming up in less than 20 minutes now, our buddy Paul Domwich from the 3013.com. And Tush Push right Talk. Oh, Tush yeah. Push Talk. He was the guy who got Dean Blandino to go on record and say, yeah, this is a fait accompli. They're taking it out of the NFL. It's not pleasing to the optic nerve and the nfl will be looking to remove that uh just one of several things we'll be talking about with paul Domwich coming up here on birds fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Hondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name's Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
Mike and Matt here with you on Birds 365. Thank Mike Gill for jumping in like he does each and every single Wednesday. Uh, Johnny Mac does spots on his show on 97.3 down the shore ESPN radio. So uh, always appreciate the contribution Gill gives us when he jumps in with us. Um, one of the questions I would have liked to ask Mike Gill, and again, our fault, we kind of went down a wormhole with the whole thing and yeah, history and uh, overanalyzing uh, what's transpired before and how it applies to today. Um, here's a question I didn't want to get uh, with to him, but we just ran out of time. Um, <clears throat> if Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown are playing football together two years from now, and it's not here in Philadelphia, it's somewhere else, where would you suggest that would be, John? Because A.J. came out and said, uh, yo, Howie, get it done. No. If not, you can package me to wherever no. Jalen's playing. You get it that I've got my tongue implanted in my cheek yes. here. Don't think it's happening. But if it would be, come on, McMullen, Mr. GM, come up with a team, a landing spot where those two guys could go together and continue to hold. I hands. guess the, their backyards, because uh, there's no way they're not going to be in Philadelphia. There's certainly, I would say, <clears throat> In two years, 100% uh, Jalen Hurts is in Philadelphia. A.J. Brown, I'll put him at 99.5% because, you know, probably shouldn't talk about the GM, uh, let him do his work. But, uh, no, there is no chance that – think about it, Jody. If Jalen's going to sign his extension, even if the worst-case scenario happens, he has a catastrophic injury – he drops off a table. Um, he's still going to be around in two years, whether it's rehabbing, whether it's, uh, uh, um, you know, going through it where we went, you know, how long did it take Carson Wentz to uh, finally drop off the table? So that time frame is too short. Uh, they're both going to be here and they're, they're, they're both going to be uh, big parts of this team. They're both really good players and, I would I wouldn't be concerned about that, but AJ should probably not say that kind of stuff. Uh, no, that's the only thing I would pick it up for his guy. Uh, no. no, no one should be surprised by it. We might not agree with it or like it, but nobody should be surprised by it that he he went down that road. And yeah, I, I'm gonna keep that sliver intact. Sorry, Eagle fans. Um, if the negotiation goes awry, and I don't know enough about do you do you have enough information and or opinion on Jalen's agent and how difficult he could be in a negotiation. Uh, it's a she, or she can be right. Thank yeah. you for correcting. Me. Uh, yeah, Nicole uh, Lynn is his agent. Um, no, no difficulty whatsoever in the fact that, uh, not that say that she she'll she's going to be hard on the team and he's going to get 47 to 52 million dollars, but the Eagles know. The Eagles know the cost of doing business that usually in these instances, the team, there are certain teams that are going to be really difficult. The Eagles are not one of those teams, but Jeffrey Lurie's proven it. One of the reasons the Eagles are the Eagles is because they have good ownership. Now we got the comments back. I saw one, you know, we were talking about Seth earlier. Well, it happened to Jeff Saturday. I saw one comment. Yeah. Jim Irsay is the owner. It's not happening in Philadelphia because they have good ownership. 
Um, yeah, and what was Jeff Saturday's extensive one loss record as the head coach? Yeah, well, not even the point. I mean, they would never go in that direction. Jim Irsay's a bit of a wild card. You know, he's going to do some unconventional things, and he even tried to bring him back until he was talked out of it. Um, Jeffrey's good, and and people should appreciate. And I criticize Jeffrey when he when he deserves criticism, and an example of. You know, Nick's got to watch his back because when the expectations are this high and Doug Peterson went through it, Jeffrey Lurie doesn't like when expectations aren't reached. And when expectations aren't reached, then you get scapegoats. That's my one criticism of Jeffrey Lurie. As far as compared to other owners, I mean, easily top five in the NFL and probably higher than that, probably close to you know, one, two, three, close to that range. So um, I agree, but just one question. And I'm please don't take me wrong here, Eagles fans, because if you've been listening to me here, not Bird 365, but certainly way back when on WIP and other places, every once in a while you run into a Terrell Owens. After the season that the Eagles had going to the Super Bowl, they should have been able to stay together as a team and some people have vehemently disagreed with me on this. Tio blew up the team. That's my opinion. I wasn't there every single day. I wasn't an Eagle beat writer, but I had enough guys that I was close with, and there was one guy on the team that I actually knew. And again, they, they drew sides with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Donovan side, the Eagles side, and the T.O. side, the people that I trusted most that I knew best, said, yeah, it's just outrageous the way T.L. handled himself and what he was asking for and how the relationships went. Donovan wasn't blameless, but it was certainly more on T.O. The Eagles should have been able to keep that team together. And Jeff Flory, who is mm. the owner, mm. a top five owner, a guy who's willing to pay, a guy mm. who's willing to go to the extra degree, couldn't keep that from blowing up. So there is always the possibility that a contract and or the ask of a contract becomes so outrageous that you just can't good conscience go write the check. Is there any chance that that's the case with Jalen Hurts? That's the question I'm asking. No, you're comparing Jalen Hurts to Terrell Owens. I mean, you you just said T. I mean, T.O.'s history is well documented. Look, tremendous player, phenomenally talented, um, but he's a knucklehead. I mean, Jalen Hurts is the exact opposite of that. Uh, he's the most grounded. Uh, in 24-year-old you're ever going to meet. So Jeff Flory will take advantage of the fact that he's grounded and be able to get him for less than maybe he no, could? No, no. I didn't say he was dumb. I said he was grounded. Um, he, he, he's, he, he's very mature. Uh, he's very, uh, I mean, you see him. He's very focused on his job. He's very focused on getting better. Uh, the tremendous work ethic. T.O. was a, 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 you know, you know, T.O. is the definition of the diva wide receiver. When you when you look that up in the dictionary, you're going to see his picture. His picture. Okay. Um, he is, and and whenever you Antonio Brown gave him a run for his money, whenever you have a player like that who's willing to blow up a locker room, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't. Here, here's the bottom line, Jody. If you want to blame Jeffrey Lurie for anything involving T.O., blame him for bringing him in in the first place. 
And people don't want to do that because he had the one great season and they made the Super Bowl and he was a phenomenal player. You know the time bomb. You know that it's ticking. You know it's coming. You should know. Um, and, 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 And that was in the midst of it. So you're willing to take that opportunity. You probably learned from that. We talked about, you know, you learn from things, experience. He learned from being an owner. He learned from hiring Ray Rhodes. All right, I don't want a defensive coach anymore. This is an offensive league. I'm going to go in that direction. And he's done a tremendous job. I'm not saying he gets everything right. He doesn't get everything right. Why do you bring Deshaun Jackson back? I have no stinking idea. That was a dumb decision. Um, there, There's... There's dumb decisions along the way, but everything's a percentage. They make more good decisions than most other teams. That's how I judge. I understand the point you're making, and please, Eagle fans, uh, you're going to kill me here because I'm even suggesting something could go awry with the negotiation. My only point in comparing the two situations was this. Just on a purely football level, there was no reason why anyone should have thought that the Eagles wouldn't be able to keep <clears throat> T.O. and Donovan together and after that Super Bowl loss, continue on and take a couple of shots and maybe actually win one. It just made too much football sense that they wouldn't try and do that. Uh-oh, a fly came into the ointment. In this case, it was T.O.'s diva mentality. You, you and I agree on that. I'm just wondering, is there a potential fly in the ointment? Well, there's always, I, mean, I, I think the better over overcome. I think the better example would be Carson Wentz. There are certain things you can't predict. You know, uh, you, nobody predicted uh, uh, we're going to draft a, a quarterback in the second round to, to be a cost effective backup and, and the starting quarterback who we just made the highest paid player in franchise history, um, you know less than a year before or whatever it was, I think it was less than a year, um, is going to lose his mind because he's, you know, got conspiracy theories in his head. I, I, I don't know how you can control that. There's always a fly in the, there's always a fly around the corner, Jody. Um, but it ain't going to be Jalen Hurts. Why in the potential Jalen Hurts negotiation? It ain't going to be Jalen Hurts. It ain't going to be Jalen Hurts. There's going to be other flies in the ointment. Hmm. But going to uh, where you want to go, uh, ultimately, which is obviously the Super Bowl. By the way, that's a fly in the ointment. The actual expectations. They're unrealistic. I talk about it all the time. You got a whole bunch. We got the commenters back there. Oh, Gil and McBullen are stupid. Blah, blah, blah. They think that, that, that they think Jonathan get They all think. You know, we we had somebody on the show, and I don't want to pick on them, but they said that can't happen at the Super Bowl. That can't happen. And I say to myself, "You're in the Super Bowl. You're in the Super Bowl. There's 30 other teams that aren't in the Super Bowl. There's 30 other teams that couldn't make it to that level. Right there, you got to start. That's where you got to start, and say." This is a pretty good football team. Right, Was it some, disappointing? Sure. Sometimes they bring it on themselves. Doug Peterson, this is the new norm. Should have yes. never said those. Should have never, never said, said those said words because he confirmed the, the the new level of expectations. Yeah. When he well, said they that. not you only said it. 
Sirianni hasn't done that yet. Nobody on the Eagles have wisely done that yet. Uh, but you need to be careful with well, the Jody. They not only said it; they plastered it all over the building. They had new normal, you know, up in the building. Um, yeah, it was a mistake. Um, that's that's a fly in the ointment because I don't care who they hire, and I've said this pretty consistently. They are not going to match the success statistically of this team. They are not. They are not. And I'll say it a hundred times. They are not going to match. Now, if they win the Super Bowl, you know, it doesn't matter. If you're 12 and five and win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. But they're not 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 14 and three. How dare you go 12 and five? You win the Super Bowl. All is forgiven. Yeah. In in route to it, you're going to hear a lot of that. Oh, this team's not as good. This team's not as good. And ultimately, the only way they can disprove it is by winning the Super Bowl. By winning the Super Bowl. So the expectations are already out of whack. If you want to talk about flies in the ointment, start there. Correct. And some jerk here yesterday on Birds 365 said, oh, yes, I expect the Eagles to be back in the Super Bowl. They should be the favorite to be back in the Super Bowl next year in the NFC. Somebody did a pretty good job of setting that bar pretty high, jerk. <laughs> I guess I should start to apologize. Well, they should no, be the I'm favorite. not apologizing. They are the best team in the NFC, and they should be the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl again. They should be favorite right now. What's today's date? I got to get my phone. February 22. 22nd. Two, two, two. They should be the favorite right now on February 26th, but we haven't gone through free agency. We haven't gone through the coaching staff changes. We haven't gone through the draft. A uh, lot of dominoes to fall. On February 22nd, they are the favorite. Now yeah. get me get me in April after the draft, after free agency. Right. A whole bunch of things can happen between now and then that will potentially change it. And one of them could be the removal of the tush push. Yeah, it's going, folks. Sorry to say. Now, again, before we have a punch down off, I'm already putting qualifiers on it. They're not outlaying uh, out, uh, the, the ability to sneak the football in the National Football League. You're still going to be no. able to run a quarterback sneak. And Jalen Hurts is still going to be able to pump 900 pounds with his legs. He just isn't going to have Dallas Goddard behind him picking him up and making sure he gets that first down. Uh, Paul Donwich got the... Uh, Dean Blandino to go on the record and say he thinks it's going by the wayside this offseason in the NFL. We're going to talk to him about that and everything else Eagles related. Damo's up next here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know 
that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. We get to talk NFL football with Paul Domwich and whoever that's the case here on Birds 365. We're lucky you guys streaming are lucky because Domo always brings the best knowledge and the best Hawaiian shirts whenever he jumps in with us. Um, Damo, did you know when you uh, reached out to Dean Blandino and did your uh, article for the 33rd team uh, that this was the number one topic you wanted to talk about or did you just gravitate there by happenstance because it's gotten the uh, notification and the attention it should have gotten. It's a pretty important topic. Well, I mean, it's been a topic for much of the season, particularly as it's become a, you know, more of a prevalent weapon for the Eagles uh, in the playoffs. Uh, And I kind of knew where Dean was landing on this from uh, previous conversations with him. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, I I, I kind of had a hint, uh, and and I also had a feeling that that this is what's going to happen in the off season. It's going to be heavily discussed in March at the owners' meetings in Arizona, and and probably you know will be eliminated. Yeah, and you know, three quarters of the league has to agree. So you know, already I saw Sean Payton say, ah, "I'd like to use it," and he had Taysom Hill. He could have used it before. And, um, you know, we'll see if they can get three quarters. But, yeah, I probably said to you, Dom, I predicted they're going to ban this thing. And, by the way, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I I think it should be banned. I said it back in the Bush-Bush days when it was the Bush-Bush, Reggie Bush. I I didn't like it. Um, 
I have no problem with them banning it. I don't even think it's going to affect the Eagles that much because Jalen Hurts is the biggest part of the success. It's nice to have that insurance plan of guys pushing them. I don't think it's going to change the effectiveness that much. Yeah, I mean, from the standpoint of the league, I mean, they feel it's not a good look. It's just an ugly-looking play that uh, doesn't emphasize what they want to emphasize, the athleticism, the power. Uh, there's sort of power in this play, but, you know, uh, in a rugby sort of way. Um, but you're right about the Eagles. Um, I think I think Jalen's percentage will go down slightly. I don't think it'll be automatic. Uh, you know, I could think of a couple quarterback sneaks that he made that he wouldn't have made uh, if not for, uh, you know, for a final push. Um, what I'll be interested to see is is how it affects Nick's thinking. Will it still be automatic on fourth and one? Will he have to think hard about, well, it's a short one. It's not a short one. Um, those kind of things. Uh, and also yeah, fourth, and, fourth and one from the 32 on your side of the field, that might change. He, he might change yeah. that thinking. And, and as I mentioned in the story, you know, there's a combination here. Not only might they eliminate it, but if Jalen Kelsey, if Jason Kelsey retires, you're losing – uh, an important part of why yeah. this has been yeah. a successful play. I mean, nobody, you know, uh, despite his uh, size, nobody does that better than 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 Jason. So will will Cam Jurgens do it as well? We'll see. When do you think we're going to hear from Kelsey? I I know you can't push him. You you can't uh, try and nudge him or anything like. He he should be given the chance to make the decision on whatever time frame he sees fit because he's earned that kind of latitude. How do you think it plays timeline-wise? I had to guess. I mean, I think it'll be fairly soon. I mean, he doesn't want to keep the team uh, hanging in the air, not knowing what to do with regard to the position, the cap. Um, I, I, I think we could hear something in the next week and a half. Yeah, I think Jason will let the Eagles know so they can plan. And I think it, it has a dramatic effect because, Tomo, I think if Jason returns, I think Isaac is probably leaving. But if Jason doesn't return, I think the Eagles make a, a, a big effort to get Isaac back and, and have Cam Jurgens take over at center. Um, so I think it would have a profound effect on free agency, and I think Jason knows that as well. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to affect two positions. Uh, so they need to know uh, going forward. Yeah. Now, all those guys are pretty tight. So what is Isaac Sayamalo saying to Jay? He's shooting him text mm-hmm. going, yeah, you know, retirement sounds great to me. Wish I had your money. I could retire. Is he attempting to influence Jason's decision? If uh, McMullen has it right, which, oh, by the way, I agree with him. Uh, Jason Kelsey will dictate whether Isaac Sayamalo yeah. stays a bird, maybe more than anybody else. Well, Isaac's coming off a good season is going to get paid really yeah, well. He's going to get paid no matter what. Anybody. If it's not yeah. the Eagles, it'll be somebody else. So I don't yeah. think, you know, I don't think he cares a whole lot whether it's here or someplace else. I mean, he knows it's a business. Yeah. Uh, he probably, you know, I would assume he'd rather stay, but I don't think he's going to. All of those guys respect Jason too much to uh, let their own interests <laughs> affect you know, try to influence Jason. I, I, they want him back because of, you know, he's coming off probably at the age of 35, the best season of his career. Uh, but aside from that, they're going to let him make his own mind up. Yeah. Um, 
And and yeah, what's interesting, uh, Jason, I don't know if he had his third daughter, but it was on the bird, so I assume. Uh, yeah, it's kind of been uh, radio silence. Yeah. yeah, radio silence. But obviously, so, you know, his third daughter, that plays into it as well. Uh, a lot of decisions. And Jason, you know, has said, Damo, it to us it looks like you no, know, he's pretty healthy. Now he said, I'm still I'm still banged up, <laughs> you know. So he's yeah. got to go through that at age 35. But a lot of things to decide. It, and for the Eagles as a whole, because they have so many free agents. Um and our buddy Adam Kaplan, and I think people misinterpreted what Adam said, uh, that they would potentially use the uh franchise tag on cj gardner johnson that's not the eagles mo but they could use it as a strategy if they feel things are going in a negative direction before march 15th just put the tag on him make sure he can't go anywhere else and then get the long-term deal down the road um you think that's a potential as a temporary solution yeah as a long-term one no yeah Uh, yeah. You know, it ties him up too badly. I mean, you, you've got to assume, you know, Jalen's going to uh, sign his extension sooner rather than later. Um, you know, they, they have some cap room, but not a lot uh, when the cap goes up. And, you know, they want to – I assume, you know, they're facing a challenge here with the people they're going to lose as far as replacing them either with draft picks or veteran free agents and staying – in the mix for the Super Bowl, so you know they don't want to. You know, uh, Howie's going to be very careful how he spends his cap room, and that's why I don't think he would be willing to, to franchise guy for very long. All right, Damo, I've got another secondary question for you, <laughs> but uh, over at the corner rather than the safety position. We know that Bradbury is a free agent. We know he's on record as saying, "Yeah, I'm going to cash in this year, guys. Mm-hmm. I, if it's Philadelphia." Love it. If it's not, see you later. Bye. Um, He's going to be difficult to replace. They have a high top 10 draft pick, could be at a cornerback. Uh, Then they'll play the free agent market with everybody else. How much emphasis do they have to put on the cornerback position? Because they they surely have shown before they put an emphasis on it. But not only did they have to replace Bradbury, for the second time in three years, Avante Maddox has missed significant time. He played all 16 games last year, but the year before that, he only played 10 out of 16. And this year, he only played 10 out of 17. Are we worried about Avante Maddox now that he's an injury-prone player? And if so, if you just had surgery, by the way, Avante had surgery. Um, That's why I brought it up, because uh, I saw an Instagram picture of him in the hospital with his toe up. Um, Is is that a concern for the Eagles this offseason, that cornerback with Darius Lay on one side – and then question marks on the other. We all think Maddox can play, but if he's going to miss five, six, seven games a year, you have to have someone else to step in and play, maybe better than Josiah Scott did this year. How big yeah. is the cornerback position for the Eagles this offseason? Well, Maddox first. The dilemma there is you don't want him outside. He's not an outside corner. Uh, he, you know, he can hang on for a little bit in, sh- in short spurts, but he's a – He's a slot corner. The problem is he's an undersized slot corner, and that's why he keeps getting hurt. Um, but that, you know, that's where he is unless you move him to safety. 
but you've, you you know you got to find a replacement for him it's in the slot before you do that. So right. they've got you know I'm assuming Bradbury's gone uh, because of the fact that he clearly has put money above all else uh, with regard to his decision going forward here. Uh, when you start stating that right right out of the gate. Uh, you know, there's no sentimentality about, oh, you know, nah. I really had a good time nah. here with the Eagles. I want to stay if they'll give me a better, you know, a, a close to a good deal. So I'm guessing he's gone, and I'm guessing that cornerback is going to be a really, really high priority in the draft. Could be number 10. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the Eagles have number 10 and number 30. So, yeah, they're going to need two starters out of that group, and it's obviously going to be easier at number 10. Yeah. Um but as far as the free agents, you're right. The other one is Javon Hargrave. So I want to talk about it from CJ and TJ's perspective. CJ, we talked about a little bit, TJ mm-hmm. Edwards versus, say, Bradbury and Javon Hargrave. Now, where I'm going with that is you got two guys coming off their rookie deals who are 25, 26 versus 30 year old guys. Um, Howie wants to pay those 25 26 year olds coming into the second year second contract um that's generally the philosophy of the organization um is that right wrong should they consider it more when you have dominant players uh in their 30s yeah i mean i'm gonna be it's in in my mind they've got to keep on grave john um you know, Jordan Davis didn't exactly knock anybody's socks off, but you got to assume he's going to get better this second season. But Fletcher Cox is going to, you know, I mean, I don't see any way he stays. So, I mean, you've got to find another defense, interior defensive lineman. I mean, e- either Hargrave or somebody else. And, you know, I mean, Hargrave has his pass rush ability that he, he showed this season was just, I mean, was eye-opening. Uh, you know, I mean, he came to this team as a nose tackle. Uh, last year, if he had a deficiency, it probably was stopping the run. Uh, yeah, but he was yeah. he was he was a difference maker at, at at rushing the quarterback, and that's what this is league is all about. So I, I can't see any way they let him go, no matter what it costs, no matter you know what they feel about younger guys. I I'm going to roll the dice a little bit here. If you had been advised by your lawyers not to comment, so be it. But um, <laughs> hoping you can be up front with us uh, <laughs> after the outstanding post you had about uh, Dean Blandy saying the push, uh, the tush push is, is on the way out. Did the good folks at Jacob media ask you to take a performance enhancing drug test like they did for DK Mitchell, because he looked as good as he did on the court in the NBA's uh, all-star game celebrity game. What the hell was that all about? Does the, does the NFL really do that? Do they really, during the offseason, go, oh, shoot, look at what this guy did. Let's get him in for a performance-enhancing drug test. I saw the text that he put up on his Instagram, and they said, you've been selected. What do you mean selected? How do you get selected for more? Isn't it Is like... That, wait, the, I didn't see that. Was that DK Metcalf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't see his uh, Instagram no. post? You know this no. story, Donald? I saw J.J. Watt, J.J. Uh, Watt, who retired. And they're asking him to take tests. Um, yeah. So that doesn't well, make sense. If he but... comes out of retirement. No, if you guys didn't see this, he put it up on his Instagram. He got a text from an NFL employee who said, DK, you have been selected 
for performance enhancing tests, we must talk immediately so we can set up a test time tomorrow because they don't give you like a two week advance notice where you can get something into your system to take the performance enhancing drugs out of your system. You got to show up within the next 24 hours and they send them a notification, which they do with players all the time. Damo, I know you know this, but they use the word selected that you've been selected for performance enhancing drug testing now. Is that normal? Or DK was making a big deal out of saying, they're only testing me because I looked as good out there on the floor in the All-Star game that I did. Uh, did the NFL just do another th- stupid thing, kind of like the field? At I'm, not sure, I'm not sure the text was legitimate. Uh, somebody's, you know, do we know that that's been confirmed by the NFL? I haven't seen anything. I mean, I, he could be just getting trolled here. I don't, you know. Uh, no, well, it's DK. DK photoshopped it onto his own Instagram. So you think he's being trolled by somebody else and just bought it a line and sinker? I think, I think so. The NFL's got more okay. fun things to deal with right now. Uh, yeah, they're not watching just, the NBA All Star game. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my guess. They're not. Uh, they're, watching. Hey, they're always trying to well, protect the shield. Hey, the D- DK always looks like that, so you know there's no surprise uh, for what what he looks like. Yeah, but there may be an NFL team that's going to sign, you know, sign in Mac McClung. But other than that, uh, yeah, I don't think yeah, they paid a lot get of the weekend. Uh, by the way, the process worked. Philadelphia finally has a championship. Mac McClung, congratulations. Um, uh, but I, I do want to talk about the coordinator, Damo, for coordinator position. I want to I want to pick your brain on what it means. Yeah, you know, offensive coordinator we kind of all know it's going to be Brian Johnson. Right. Defensive coordinator. All right, first that news comes out, JG talks to Peter King. <clears throat> Eagles are willing to pay him head coach money to stay. Uh they're talking everybody under the sun, Vance Joseph, Sean Desai, now it's Chris Shula, uh uh, Rick Minner's kid, uh, uh, Jim Leonard. Did I miss anyone? What 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 does it tell you that the defensive coordinator search uh, is going the way it goes? Or does it tell you anything? Or is it about hey, we want to talk to a bunch of people so we can circle back and say Denard Wilson was the best guy? Well, it it might tell me, and I'm referencing Mike Sealski's story this morning, that, that maybe Howie and and Jeffrey have said aren't crazy about Denard Wilson and have told uh, Nick to go look around the possibility. They had, you know, regardless of whether they were going to hire Denard or promote Denard or not, they had to go outside and interview a minority candidate. So yeah. that I can understand why they're interviewing Vance Joseph. The thing about Vance Joseph that I find interesting uh He's a blitzer. Uh, yeah. like, I mean, his teams are in the top five in blitz percentage every year since he's been a coordinator or a head coach, uh, which is kind of a contrast to Jonathan Gann uh, and a contrast. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that means with regard to Denard Wilson. I don't know if he would blitz more than than Gannon. I, I don't know whether Howie and Jeffrey want a guy that blitzes more than Jonathan Gannon. If they were going to offer – Gannon head coaching money, then they would have been, obviously would have been happy with 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 a, his style of of defense. So I don't know. Um, I guess they're just being thorough. And you're right; they then can go back and and promote Denard, and no one can say they didn't look around. Um, I mean, I think he's a good choice, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I I, th- I still think 
you know, Vance Joseph is a factor here somehow. All right. Uh, I do want uh, your selection on this one. John and I debated a little bit earlier. Of the two defecting coordinators, if you use a two-year frame, because I think that's the quote-unquote new norm in the NFL, because you can get fired after two years. Shoot down in Houston, you get fired after one year. But the rest of the National Football League, you're pretty much locked into a job for two years. So over two years, who's in a better position to succeed? Steichen in Indianapolis or Gannon in Arizona? Because they had very comparable records. It, it, Indianapolis was 4-12-1, and one, which was better than Arizona, who was 4-13. and 13. So there, there's yeah. a reason why those jobs opened up. The teams are pretty damn bad this year. Who's got a better chance to uh, jump ahead and improve right away, Arizona or uh, Indianapolis? Well, I'm going to assume that, that Indianapolis is going to find a way to get a quarterback that can actually play. Uh, they've got a high draft pick. They'll probably bring in one of those, you know, either trade up or stay at four and get one of those young guys, which will help them. Aside from that, the rest of their team is not horrible. I think he. I think Shane stands a better chance of succeeding in, uh, there, even though he's not. He's you know he's in a conference now with Jacksonville, which is going to be good for quite a while. I think uh, Tennessee's. I don't know what's going to happen there. The Cardinals' job, you know, I think it's a death trap. Um, <laughs> you know, you're at the mercy of Kyler Murray. You know, it, does Kyler feel like playing, or does he just feel like collecting his paycheck? Uh, I don't know. Does he feel like? you know, maybe baseballs for him. Just, uh, it's, you know, I, I don't trust him. I don't trust his dedication to the game. There was a reason that when they yeah, signed yeah. the deal, they put in that clause where he had to study five hours a week. Uh, their lines are need to be rebuilt. It's just, it's just a bad situation in Arizona. And so, I mean, I, I think Shane Steichen's got a better chance of succeeding than Jonathan Gannon. Plus you, you're dealing with the Bidwell family. And, yeah, and, you know, he may get a year. He may get two years. I don't. I. It, it's hard to say. Uh, I realize Shane's deal, dealing with a nut job in Indianapolis as yeah, well. He's not exactly um, Jeffrey Lurie either, Jim Irsay. No, no. But at least yeah. they've got a, 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 a they've got a GM in Indianapolis that kind of can act as a a rational uh, thinker in Chris Ballard. So I, I would give Shane the uh, slight advantage uh, as far yeah, as surviving. I don't, I don't like, I'm with you, Damo. I don't like either ownership situation a little bit. Uh, JG's got the nicer weather. Uh, so that uh, you can put that in the equation. So That's right. maybe yeah, he's, he's a, a little bit happier. Field. We saw the field. He's got to play on that God awful field, field every single week. Now I want to talk about the Eagles because we all talk about the defense, 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 because of what happened in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I thought Shane Steichen was a tremendous play caller. I think he's got a feel for it. I don't think that comes around all that often. And, you know, Nick is already on record saying he's not taking it back. So it's going to be Brian Johnson calling the plays. I think assuming it's going to be the same and just as good. I think that's a bad assumption. Uh, your thoughts. I've liked Brian Johnson, John, since they hired him. Uh, I mean, I thought it was his relationship with Jalen. Um, I think has been a big reason for Jalen's progress uh, over the last two years. You know, he, he has play calling experience. He, I mean, everybody, I did a story on him after the Eagles uh, hired him, uh, talking to Dan Mullen and people that, you know, the, the, his Utah coach going back to, 
to, uh, to when he played. Uh, you know, he, he he coached. He was he was a quarterbacks coach with Dak in Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, and I just the only thing they're losing here by promoting Brian to offensive coordinator is the the day to day closeness he's going to have with Jalen. But I mean, I think Jalen's to the point now he doesn't need that as much. I mean, I just think the trust factor between the two of them uh, is going to be a huge, uh, a huge factor going forward. I, I think Brian's going to be a very. I, I mean, I don't think he's he's going to be offensive coordinator for very long because yeah, probably uh, not. Head coach at the next few yeah. years. Yeah. So they're going to end up renting him the same way they rented Gannon. We shall see. Yeah. All right, John and I kind of kicked this around earlier, Damo, and I, I sound like the wet blanket. I'll apologize for it in advance. Is there any chance that there's a fly in the ointment with the Jalen Hurts negotiation? Um, his agent has never negotiated this level of a contract before. These are new levels for everyone across the National Football League. So she and he are stepping into waters that they've never been before. Sometimes things go awry. It makes too much sense not to believe they're going to get something done because the Eagles are good at dealing with these high-level type uh, quarterback uh, quarterback uh, negotiations. Certainly, Jeff Laurie has shown the willingness to keep it at the market value, not trying to save or get cute. Uh, Jalen Hurts loves it here in Philadelphia, showing nothing but love for the city and his want to stay here. But you never know. Every once in a while, something comes into a negotiation that you don't expect or someone gets a little over the top in their uh, desires and askings. Is there any chance this thing goes sideways? I mean, I, th- I wouldn't say sideways, Jody, but I, I, I think it could be delayed. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it will be, but there's always that possibility. I mean, Nicole Lynn is a very competent agent. You're right. She hasn't, uh, negotiated this level of contract before and she's actually also going to be negotiating a deal for Quinn and Williams the uh, defensive tackle from the Jets who's uh, entering his 50 year option year and and wants a new deal so she's got two big huge contracts to negotiate um you know and, and complicating matters is Justin Herbert and Joey Burrow and sure. Lamar Jackson who also are looking for contracts so everybody's going to be looking what's going on around them uh you know this isn't being done in a vacuum that said you know i mean jalen's been a unique individual in just about every aspect since he came to this team i think the same is going to hold true here i don't think you know i don't think he's lamar i don't think he's like i got to have every penny guaranteed uh, or I'm not going to sign a deal. Um, I think they'll get one done. I, I, <clears throat> I, I even think he might find a way to help them So because he wants this team to go back to the Super Bowl. He doesn't want to you know, strip them of every ounce of cap space so that they can't resign some of these free agents. Um, but, it, you know, it could be a while uh, or it could be real quick. I, I, you know, I just have no clue other than the fact that I don't think it'll well, – I don't think what we'll see happen – is what's happening in Baltimore where, you know, I mean, they're to the point now where they've got to franchise him if they want to keep him. I mean, he's not going anywhere this year, uh, but I don't, I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't see that relationship deteriorating like it did in Baltimore. All right. At P Jombo, make sure you follow Paul on Twitter. I like your little uh, sort of bio now. Semi-retirement is not working. Uh, so I love that. 
uh, Paul Domowitz, the 33rd team, did a great job for us at Jacob Sports uh, doing a stat package. Uh, uh, WBCB Merrill Station, you can listen to him there all over the place. And we love having you here, Domo. I'll leave you with this. Um, when it comes to uh, sort of Nick Sirianni and the expectations, when Jody talks about flies in the ointments, that's what I brought up. I wasn't thinking player perspective. Mm-hmm. I think the expectations are so high. And they just came off a season where they set franchise record for wins and sacks, and all these guys had career seasons. I, we, You and I go back to Doug Peterson. I think the worst thing they ever said was the new normal. You know, you put it, you raise those expectations, and what do you know? People expect it. Um, I think the fly in the ointment is the expectations. How, yeah. how do you live up to them unless you're Phil Belichick and Tom Brady? You know, I tweeted a, a, a statistic the other day from a story I did in September about Super Bowl winners and runners-up. And runners-up have not fared well historically since you go back to the start of the free agent era. I mean, there have only been three teams that have gotten back to the Super Bowl uh, that lost the year before and only one that won it. That was New England uh, uh, after they lost to the Eagles in 2017. So it's not an easy road. And, and, and you know, the, the challenges are, are even magnified with this team because of all the free agents they have. Uh, I, I realize the cap's going to be going up, but I mean, they've got the two worst things happening right now. They're, the the free, number of free agents that they want to keep on a defense that, that, that played well and a quarterback who now has to be paid. So, uh, you know, Howie Roseman got executive of the year this year. If he manages to do all this uh, and take them back to the Super Bowl, they should just put his name on the trophy. Damo, you don't know how happy we are that both you and your colleague, Ray Dinger, have failed miserably at retirement. Uh, we're <laughs> thankful that that is the case. You're still hopping on with us, doing your great stuff for jacobsports.com and 33rd team as well. Appreciate you jumping in today, bud. We'll uh, get in touch the next couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks, Paul Domwich, check him out on uh, jacobsports.com. More in-season stuff than out-of-season. 3013 meet there every single week. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue to tap into Damo's expertise. Um, he did say something there at the end that I disagreed with. What the hell was he talking about? Help me out here, John. Uh, the fly and the ointment stuff? No. Are you talking about the the the, the uh, going back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, oh, that's up? it. Thank you, thank oh. you, thank you. All the way back to 2017. It, it, we're not in 2036, are we? It's just 2023. It was only five no, years ago yeah. that the Patriots but you know, lost the Eagles, but you then know, jumped up and won the Super Bowl the year after. Now, I know they're kind of a outlier in that. They yeah, I feel the like the Pats, that's where I was going. I feel like we should put the Patriots aside. You know, the Brady-Belichick Patriots aside, because, uh, yeah, all right, they did it. But for normal teams... Yeah, I I hear what Damo's saying. Yeah, it was only only five years ago, so there's no reason why the Eagles can't potentially do that. Mm. And oh, by the way, at least defending myself, I didn't say yesterday the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. I just said the Eagles should get back to the Super Bowl. I'm going to leave it up to them. I left it up to them this year, had them pick to win by a touchdown. What the hell happened? Shame on them. But they, they need to get back to that Super Bowl again next year. Because uh, I think... Expectations. 
expectations. I, I am a bad guy for setting the bar as high as I am. I'm sorry about that, Eagle fans. But I evaluate this roster, even with all their free agents. With Jalen Hurts in tow, Johnny Max tell me, Jody, don't sweat the fly in the ointment. It's not, not going to happen. They're going to get it done. Sirianni being a good young coach, yeah. And the rest of the NFC not being as good as the AFC, yeah, I'm not dropping expectations. I may as the offseason plays itself out if how we can't get some of these guys back under contract that are free agents. But right now, I'm still expecting the Eagles to be the team to beat in the NFC. Uh, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. We've still got a couple minutes left. Need to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mac guys, uh, wrapped up a, I think, fairly successful show. If it was, it was because of uh, the contributions from uh, our buds 
both Mike Gill and Paul Domwich. Thank them for hopping on board. Um, John, it's pretty well known that you had a good, as as much of a, you can call it a relationship, that a beat writer has with a coach. It can't be that close. Your job is to cover him. His job is to do his job and just give you enough information without really telling tales. Um, so it's kind of a weird relationship. But you and Gannon got along. Uh, know that. You've admitted it right here on Birds 365. You think he's watching us? You think he's a Birds 365 fan? Was he? Has he forgotten the uh, the address you got to type in on YouTube to get Birds 365 now? No. Arizona. You think he's I, given I, I up? Wish. Has John Gannon given up on you, John McMullen? Um, no, I don't think he's given up on me. But no, I don't think he's a viewer. I don't. I don't. In fact, I know he... Uh, he does not uh, uh, okay. look at a lot of stuff when it comes to. Then, uh, b- believe it or not, I'm happy today because I'm glad Jonathan Gannon's not listening. Because if he didn't know about this, and I'm going to state it here at the end of the show, uh, it would probably bother him. JG, be happy that you're not here in Philadelphia right here, right now. Because yesterday, a Philadelphia Eagle deity spoke and he said, he would have hated playing for John. Oh ah, yeah. I saw that too. I saw that too. <laughs> that would be Brian Dawkins yeah. on WIP yesterday said he would have hated to play for Jonathan Gannon. Oh, that, that's not going over well in Eagle Nation. That's just more fuel for the fire. Johnny Mac. Gannon. Uh, I, I know. And uh, by the way, I get it. The type of player Brian Dawkins was, he doesn't want to play quarters coverage and cover six and cover eight. I mean, he wants to attack, attack, attack. And that's where I said the game has changed. So I get it from everybody, you know, everybody on buddy Ryan, Chicago defenses in the 46, they don't want to be in Vic Fangio's defense when he was there. They don't, they don't want to be in it. And I get it. Um, But the game has changed. And, you know, um, number two, number two defense, you know, and, and all the years, ooh, I'm going to get people m- mad. In all the years Brian Dawkins was here, how many times did the Eagles have the number two defense or higher? I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Well, there's something to look forward to. We'll be starting the show with that tomorrow. John McMullen's yeah. 22 By the way, real quick, work. Matt Castle on the 33rd team, because we just had Damo, had his way too early 2023 quarterback rankings. Talk about respect. Oh, put him out already? Really? Yeah. Guess who number? Well, I'll say. Where do you think he put Jalen Hurts? Five. Number two. Two? Really? Number two. Number wow. two. There's respect. Mahomes, one, obviously. Jalen Hurts, two. Joe Burrow, three. Ahead of Josh Burrow? Allen, four. Uh, Justin Herbert, five. Those are your top five. From Matt Castle. Wow. I would have thought borrowing Allen ahead of uh, because they've done it multiple years. Yeah. Jalen's only done yeah. it one year. Debatable between Herbert and, and Jalen. So I said five. He, he could have been four. I'm surprised he's all the way at number two. Like I said, fly in the ointment, Johnny Mac. Yeah. Let's start. What, what was Banner's top number when he quoted the other day? 52? 52. Between 47 and 52? 52. They're probably going to bring. Uh... The graphic up of Matt Castle's quarterback rankings. Right. Nicole what Lynn is, is copying, it? copying and pasting it as I speak. Uh, Dak Prescott was number nine. Uh, I'm trying to find Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones, yeah, he only wants. 
45 million. Excuse me, 45 million, million per. Where, where is uh, he? He is 16. Uh, Daniel Jones, right smack dab in the middle. In the that's, middle. Where, that's where he deserves to be. That's a good ranking. Yeah, that's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. And 45, uh, If you're getting 45 million for number 16, what are you getting for number two? Yeah, you're getting 55. Well, I said he, he's going to ask for 90 gazillion if Daniel Jones is getting 45. Exactly. You got to make up a number. <laughs> I think we can do that tomorrow. We can make up a number. We'll come up with a number for you, McMahon. I'm going to tell you how many times Brian Dawkins' defense ranked in the uh, top two in the NFL during his time here in Philadelphia. Johnny Mack will be back with me tomorrow. The Mack and Mack Birds 365 show will return in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.